Welcome to the Relationship Church Podcast. This is our midweek service where we dive deeper into the Word of God, studying the Bible together as a body. We invite you to grab your Bibles, open your minds, and prepare to search the Scriptures with us. We are Relationship Church, the Whole Life Church. All right, welcome back, everyone. Uh, I see everyone slowly but surely trickling back into our Bible class session. And for um, for the sake of those who will be listening after the fact, uh, we started off by moving into breakout rooms and asking the question of uh well first uh reading psalms 1 21 verses 1 and 2 and asking what that means to everyone um so we're as we get back into study it looks like we have everyone back um gonna ask if someone would uh just share with us uh the answers to those two questions. Uh, what do you believe it means and what do what does it mean to you? We'll wait a moment for uh, someone to unmute and answer from each group, uh, preferably. All right, Elder Neil, I see you're unmuted. Uh, well, we were discussing and we were looking at a couple of things. We were looking at number one, this being a reflection of uh, some periods in David's life. Um, and we were also looking at the fact that this is dealing with how he is appreciating God in prayer for the things that God has dealt with him about and the things that God has blessed and delivered him from. Uh, I kind of look and see seven facts about uh, prayer here. Uh, one is the cause for prayer, which is distress. Two is the experience of prayer, which is the cry that the person makes. Three is the results of prayer. Uh, he heard, the Lord heard the cry of his servant. Uh, four is the subject of prayer in terms of deliverance. And of course, five is the object of prayer. That is to say, to be delivered from whatever the situation. In this particular case, uh, it looks like it might be deceit or lying and so forth and so on. I'll leave that alone. Uh, six is a questioning prayer, but then that goes further into uh, some of the other verses. So I'll leave it at that. Okay. Very good. Thank you so much. Um, I think that was group one. So uh, group two, uh, if a representative can unmute and share uh, what their thought, what you all's thoughts were about uh, that scripture passage. Well, I'll just say that uh, we knew that God created everything. I have to go back to the scripture and see exactly uh, what it said. But we know that we look to God and we thank God that he's able to um, be our help in time of trouble. It says, I look into the mountains. Does my help, where my help comes from, my help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. I just took it for what it says. We look to the Lord who made the heaven and the earth and 
he made us and we know that he knows all about us. He knows how to help us. And we thank God that he's there for whenever we need him. When we come to our senses and realize that we need God, he's okay. always there for us. All right. Very good. Um, I'll read some notes that I got from Sister Gianna uh, for group three. And uh, what she said was, in essence, uh, to always look to him, him being God. Uh, always depend on him. Whatever it is that you need in life, he is your source. So all of those things were good and, and pertinent and applicable. And when studying this passage uh, specifically, there were a number of different thoughts in my mind. One, we hear this scripture um, quoted often in church and in religious circles you know I'm, uh, you know i'm looking to the, the hills my help is coming from the hills and depending on how you look at that there could be some validity to that statement uh it could be a misapplication of the scripture so let, let's look at it together uh and and just kind of look at some of the different things that uh it could mean number one uh, depending on uh, the version of the Bible that you're reading, it says that this is a song of ascent. It's a song of ascent. Uh, what does that mean? I didn't know until I, uh, I looked at it. The song of ascent were songs that the children of Israel were to sing as they ascended uh, into Jerusalem for one of the three great festivals. Uh, those festivals are Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles, the Feast of Tabernacles. So this was a traveling song. This was a song that uh, they, they sang to kind of get their minds together as they were uh, going to participate in the festivals. Takes me, uh, or I should say my mind immediately goes to uh, a communion service. And there, there are certain songs that we'll sing during communion time, the blood songs, and you know, gets you in the mind uh, and, and get your heart prepared for uh, that that communion service, that covenant service. This is the same kind of thing. This was a song to be sung by the people as they were traveling to Jerusalem for one of those three great festivals. Uh, why were they going to those uh, to Jerusalem for those festivals? Well, they were going to worship, and Jerusalem is located in a mountainous area or more so like hills but still you had to traverse uh, a terrain that was going up in order to get to Jerusalem. Uh, Psalms 87 says that Jerusalem is, is referred to as the city founded on the holy mountain so uh, in looking toward the hills they're looking towards Jerusalem the holy city of God. And as I stated, there are many different theories regarding uh, what this meant and how it applied to the children of Israel. Um, one of the theories that I, I heard, uh, and I believe uh, Johnny James is the one who said this, that as they were looking to the hills and asking where their help is coming from, uh, they were asking that because in the hills, were bandits 
you know, they were they were pirates. Uh, if you look at the the word specifically, it's like you know, the uh, pirates. Now, of course, they're not on water. This is a land thing, but they come and they strong arm people to take their things because these people were going to worship, and it was known that worship took place at the same time of year, these three different times. Uh, you know, think of it like our summer holidays. We know uh, that first, or I should say last uh, Monday in May is going to be Memorial Day. July the 4th is going to fall on whatever day it falls on. Labor Day is going to be the last Monday in September. Same kind of deal for uh, Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles. You know when these things are. And you know that people are going to Jerusalem for the purpose of worship. Well, when you're going to worship the Lord, you take things of value to present to him when you're going to worship. So if, you know, if you got thieves and stuff, it's like, okay, well, this is a perfect time to, you know, knock somebody in the head and, and take some things from them uh, and enrich ourselves. Sometimes people would bring uh, the physical sacrifice of a lamb or a goat or a bull. Oftentimes, though, they would bring money uh, to the temple and pay for it there so they don't have to go up, you know, this, this terrain with an animal. Excuse me. So it was a perfect time for, uh, for, for those who were looking for the opportunity to defraud others to do so. So as they're looking to the hills, they may be asking, okay, where's my help going to come from if something happens to me? Uh, there were also, uh, Arsha says, I was looking through different commentaries. Barnes uh, listed three things, um, that they were looking to the mountains where uh, one was in danger and uh, expected help, which is kind of what uh, we were talking about, but a little different sense. In this sense, it's they're traveling and people on the mountain should be there to help them, you know, and it's like, okay, will they see me? Will they actually come and help if they see that I'm in danger? Another way to look at it that Barnes listed was uh, looking toward heaven, uh, not so using the mountain as a metaphor uh, for God, but, you know, looking uh, up to heaven, casting your eyes, and obviously not just looking up to heaven, but um, casting your focus on heaven and heavenly things. And then the third, he said, was uh, the hills on which Jerusalem uh, was built. Uh, and not just that Jerusalem was built there, but again, the people were singing this song on their way to worship God. So, okay, uh, Jerusalem is a place where uh, the temple is. This is a place where we worship. So as they look to it, again, their minds are focused on uh, the, the God that they serve and looking to the God that they serve to help them. Um, in general, excuse me, uh, there were a bunch of hills and stuff in the land of Canaan upon uh, which different military might would be there. You know, they would encamp on the mountains. Uh, when you think of it from a military logistic standpoint, being in mountains or having a, a raised point of view as being your place of your base is the best word I, I can think of for it, but a fortified base. It's fortified naturally by being uh, exalted and having the, the 
face of the mountain or the hill to kind of protect you from the things that the enemy uh, would shoot. So again, looking to the, the hills where help can be to see whether or not uh, you will indeed receive help. Uh, also, like I said, they looking toward the hills of uh, Mount Zion specifically, as well as Mount Moriah uh, with looking unto God because it was at those two hills or mountains where the Ark of the Covenant was stored. So as you're looking unto that mountain, knowing that the Ark is there, and this is the place where God meets us, and this represents the presence of God, looking unto those things with, again, a mindset of looking to God for your help. All right, so th those are just some different, um, different ways of looking at that passage when it uh, in dealing with lifting our eyes to the mountains and looking for our help. As a number of you all said, uh, verse two says it very clearly. Our help does not come from the people that are on the mountains. Our help does not come from per se the uh, natural defenses that the mountains come from. I mean, that the mountains provide, but our help comes from the Lord the one who made the mountains, the one who made heaven and earth. He is our source of supply. He is our strength. He is our help. Uh, the verse three says, he will not allow your foot to slip. Your uh, protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. You know, so in traversing the mountain, you know, he, he'll keep you protected as you're going up. Uh, we can also look at that from a more uh, figurative standpoint that uh, he will keep us safe and secure in him, that, that our foot will not slip uh, as far as our, our walk and our life is concerned, as long as we are rooted in, and we're grounded in him. Uh, you know, causes me to think of the scripture that says, now unto him who's able to keep you from falling, uh, the doxology of Jude, and to present you faultless before the presence of of his glory with exceeding joy. So he will not allow your foot uh, to slip. He will protect you and keep you upright. Now, verses three and four, specifically, or I should say the last part of three and all of four, because this again is a song. So there's a poetic structure to it. And we'll talk about that a bit more as we go through uh, a little further. But uh, in verse four is, something I did not think about until really looking into this. I mean, the, the, we played the song. I, I played that song because um, that was on my heart and on my mind. And this is what the Lord, you know, had given, but, you know, know that song by heart and the song is the pretty much the entire chapter. Uh, but the portion about him not sleeping or slumbering, the fact that both of those words were used. So uh, he doesn't slumber. So he doesn't take a, he doesn't take a quick nap of rest and, and might miss you or, uh, you know, may have to be awakened from his sleep really quickly to come because of, uh, it's a light, light slumber, nor does he sleep, nor does he go into a deep sleep where, uh, you know, you're disconnected from the world and everything. He doesn't do either of those things. The person who your help comes from is alert at all times. He's knowledgeable of everything that's going on. As we know, he knows beginning from the end. So, he knows where we are. He knows where we're going. He knows where we'll be in 10 years. Knew all of that from before the time that we were born. 
so we can we can rest with peace and assurity knowing that he's always got his eye on us he is our protector he won't let our foot slip he's not sleeping he's paying attention then verse five goes on to say the lord protects you the lord is a shelter right by your side uh depending on the version you're reading i'm reading holman christians right now but depending on the version you read it says a, a shade on your right hand or a protector of your right side um that's important from a, a couple of different standpoints one historically the the right hand is a representation of a place of power you know, we think of the scripture that says that Jesus seated, seated at the right hand of the father. Excuse me. It, it's saying pretty much that Jesus is in the place of power. We know that he is in the place of power because uh, he created all things. Everything was created by him and, and through him. You know, so him being God, it, sitting in the place of power of God, in the power of God. Excuse me, being on that right hand. That That's what that's one of the symbolisms of the right hand is or the right side. Now, whether or not that specifically applies to this passage, I, I, did, I couldn't see anything that made it that said that specifically. But one thing that we do know is this. If our right side is protected, that means that we're being protected, that we're being looked after, that we're being shielded. Uh, and specifically, it said that they were being shielded against the sun. The sun is hot. The sun, uh, especially in that area, and we're kind of experiencing a little bit of that here in, in St. Louis. You know, it, it's it's hot, hot. You know, I mean, you go outside, it's like, whoa, you know, what what is going on here? You know, you stay out there a little bit, it's like, hey, let me get back into the air conditioning. That's not something that they had the luxury of then shade was very very important to stay so that they were able to stay out of the sun so they would not uh overheat so that they would not become dehydrated so that they would have some level of respite from uh this hot sun again that and something else that the sun meant at least here is that the sun that the word sun here meant a smiting accusation. So uh, as the heat of someone accusing you, someone uh, attacking you verbally, you know, or even physically as that uh, came after the children uh, of Israel, uh, which again, the right hand, it is also representative of delivering Israel. But as these things came that the Lord will provide shade, that he will provide shelter, that he would provide uh, a go-between so that even though those attacks and things were coming, you weren't getting the full brunt of it. Think of a shield specifically. If you have a shield in war, you've seen you know, different movies and, and things of that nature where they used shields in warfare are the attacks still happening? Yes, they are. Are they being beat against? Yes, they are. But because of the shield, uh, you're not getting the full impact of that blow. You, it's not damaging you the way that it would if the shield weren't there. Um, 
just even thinking uh, in my nerdiness, thinking about Star Trek, you know, they're blasting and, and the shields are at 50%. They're at this percent, you know, you, they're kind of rocked or whatever, but they're still able to do things. Likewise, with the Lord providing that shade, with him providing that protection for us, doesn't mean that the attack's not happening, but we're not getting the full effect of that attack. And we're still able to move and, and, and have a level of health and things of that nature because we're not getting um, we're not getting everything that the enemy has coming after us. Again, this is a song, so it was done in a very poetic fashion uh, and it puts the moon in there for uh, poetic purposes because usually uh, the sun and the moon go together. So, but overall, just saying, look, it doesn't matter what's coming at you or when it's coming at you, the Lord uh, is protecting and keeping you in the middle of uh, the accusation and the attacks and things of that nature. All right, let's move on. Verse seven, the Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. In reading that, just at face value, I heard what the word was saying, but living and having experiences, it's like, okay, I, I see that. I see what was being said, but that one's kind of hard to, to swallow because everyone on this line has experienced some level of harm in their lives. We've been, uh, <laughs> pardon me for uh, my, my corniness, we've been lied on, cheated, talked about, mistreated, rebuke scorn talked about sure as you're born okay let me stop and then really let me stop there because the song is saying talk about two different times so maybe they were going through some kind of verbal accusation whoever was writing it so that was really heavy on their heart but either way it goes we've all experienced some level of harm in our life so it, it made that that specific passage at least as i was reading it i kind of wrestled with that it's like uh that doesn't quite seem right which is why we must study uh, study the scriptures to show ourselves approved. We got to dig in a little deeper to see what the true meaning of uh, the interpretation is, because it's just that it's the interpretation of a text that was written in a different language with different words uh, and different meanings. The evil that is speaking of there is adversity. So he would keep us and uh, protect us from adversity. And he protects us in that adversity. And that really speaks to him being the, the shade from the previous uh, verse, him, him being our shade uh, un under the sun and our shade from the moon, that as the adversity and that as the, um, the difficulties come, that he will protect us. You know, and, and that harm piece of things, again, is protection from uh, adversity that, you know, we, we will have those those adversities and things, but we'll have him to help us in it. And specifically, when you look at the last portion of that, that uh, he will protect your life in different versions, it says that he will prote uh, preserve your soul. Well, what is your soul? Your soul is the part of you that transcends life. You know, when we look at passages like First Peter uh, chapter 9 says, obtaining 
the overcoming of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So he's, even though the, the harm is being spoken of there, it's again, speaking of evil, speaking of adversity, that he'll protect us from that and that he will save our souls, the, the part of us that uh, can actually die twice. He saves us from that. You know, again, not that we won't have adversity, not that we won't have harm, not that evil won't come, but that he will protect us in it. And overall, even though we may suffer pain and things of that nature, he saves our souls. He saves the most important part of us. He, he saves that which uh, has an eternal, well, it's not an end, it's, it's eternity, but uh, that which will live in eternity. Another scripture dealing with souls, Matthew uh, chapter 10, verse 28. Uh, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both the body and soul in hell. So, again, just going back to uh, him protecting us from harm. He protects us from evil and adversity and that he preserves our soul. He keeps us uh, from the penalty of sin within death. So that, that's what this specific verse, again, is dealing with. Like I said, for me, reading it at face value is like, no, we experience harm, but that's not what he's saying. He'll be with us and help us through that. And overall, he saves our souls. All right, uh, verse eight, the Lord will protect your coming and going both now and forever. So uh, it really is a, a nice bow on this specific song, just ties it all back together that, again, he is our protection. Started off asking, you know, I'm looking to the hills, you know, where's my help gonna come from? It's gonna come from the Lord. And closing out saying, he will protect you. He'll protect you as you're coming. He'll protect you as you're going, both now and forever. That forever piece again, dealing with the soul aspect uh, because that's the only part of us that lives on forever. Everything else uh, fades away and we see uh, we see it deteriorating before our eyes now. But again, that which is most important, the salvation of our souls is in his hands. And he will indeed do that if we are surrendered unto him. All right. We will uh, call that for the night then. May God add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his word. We pray that today's message has been a blessing and makes an eternal impact on your life. Come join us live on Sunday at 1245 p.m. Central Time. If you're in the St. Louis metro area, we meet at 1060 Chambers Road, a little over a mile south on Bell Fountain Road from Highway 270. You can also join us via Zoom. The login number is 314-720-8880. You can call that same number to reach someone on our ministry team or text the word connect there to be in the know regarding upcoming events. Again, that number is 314-720-8880. We are Relationship Church. Come grow with us.